Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is another fantastic week of CLCI Live. I'm going to hand it over to the, the wonderful, amazing people here. Um, we're going to be talking about why expert coaches don't say good job. Good job, Brooke. Thank good you. Job. Yeah. Good, job. good job, Brooke. Apparently, I'm not an expert coach. Oh, yeah, you guys are. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're doing a real good job. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. So, we're talking about why expert master level coaches don't praise their clients. They're not cheerleaders, they don't say good job. They're just like my dad. No matter how hard I try, they just can't be, ever be proud of me. I, I think of all of the experience I've, I've had through this coaching, learning skills from the, all the times that I've had to do different trainings and experiences. That's the hardest one because we all want to go, oh, because we get excited for our clients. Yeah. While that's good, the adding that, oh, great job, right? That's not going to be the place that we as a coach want to operate from. Why do you suppose that is? Why do I? Well, I think if I just answered the question right now, we wouldn't have much of a live. But keeping that question in mind, I see this a lot personally. And Jerome, you might see this too when like I, we're doing research on coaches and we're trying to get the um, the scoop on the coaching world, a lot of coaches do this. It's all hard the time. not to. Yeah. It's so, well, you don't even think not to do it. Like this is something even before we talked about it last week that I didn't really consider. And I thought it's not my style of coaching. I usually withhold compliments and praise in my as personal life. As long as humanly possible. As long as possible. So, but whenever I saw other people do the cheerleading stuff and praise their clients, like I never thought it was wrong. Um, I'm so uh, interrupting, but this, this came down the, the, the line. Um, and the reason we're talking about this, because I am currently being mentor coached and, um, uh, Lisa was like, you shouldn't say good job. And I was like, what, what, who are you? What's going on in this world? No, yeah. wait. And I was shocked. Um, I mean, I've since sort of talked, thought, thought it through a bit. Right. Um, um, I get it. I understand it, but still how it's so the antithesis of what I guess my inner, my nature is to spread love spread compliments to make people feel good about themselves and, and know that they're doing a good job um when they are and i've always and to not do that is very counterintuitive um but i also understand now that i've thought it through why that would be the case uh by the way as we proceed anybody watching please feel free to comment and uh, and interact we want it, we want to hear from you guys for, through this really really uh we love your the discussion when you guys share with us so Jerome, why why do you think it is that that we can't say good job? Listen, I, listen, this is not a good job. Anthony's already corrected me on this. He says it's too soon to ask that question. No, no, no. We're asking. We're asking. Alrighty, all right, fine. I think that's part of just common conversation is to kind of give feedback 
Um, it's kind of just embedded into the way that we speak, at least here in Western society, is to give praise uh, to people that you have interaction with. And as a coach, that's something that is, it's a deep interaction. So for you to kind of hold off on saying, you know, good job for doing this work because it's tough work for your client to get through. Um, to hold off on that, it's just kind of, at least for me, it's, it's really difficult um, as a part of who I am to just sit back and let it be and let it let it proceed from there without any type of affirmation or love. So affirmation's different. Okay. Well, How is affirmation different? Well, let's so so the reason being that I've at least come to uh, the, the the solution or the, the logic behind it is that, well, if you're giving your client praise, right, then what what you're doing is setting yourself up as um, sort of a superior at that point because now they're going to be working for you to give them praise again, like that to get that attaboy, to get that like good job pat on the back, like. What if the next time you don't you don't say good job and that's something that eats at them, they, they interpret it as being that they're not doing a good job. And what it does is it sort of creates, um, a, 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 I guess, a dissonance with the, the being equals and making it about the client. Because at that point, by saying good job, you're making it about you and your approval and it's no longer about the client. Um, and so now you've got this dynamic where the client is going to be seeking that, that attaboy, that, that praise, that good job. And, and so by doing that, you sort of, you, you're not being a coach at the end <laughs> in truth, uh, cause you're making it about you. So, well, and, and frankly, it's a habit. Yeah. It's a habit that we are in when we do that as kind of a filler in between, uh, acknowledgement plus something kind to say to that person. Um, we've been using that standard for quite a while. I mean, when we think of even working with children, we do the same thing with them. Yeah, I want to say that is a technique for children. Now that we're told praise for many children, I know. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you, we learned that early on that that was something you learned from your dad, so we can't mm -hmm. expect you to break the cycle. Um. <laughs> I, I, just, my, I think my parents did give me a healthy amount of praise. I'm just joking around in case they see this. <laughs> and I will maintain the bit throughout the rest of the uh, show. <laughs> you mentioned it's like a bit of filler, Lisa. I agree. It's a technique that we kind of have been using, well, at least, again, I, I don't want to say for everyone, but at least for me, I use it as a technique to kind of stay away from any awkward pauses. But again, as a coach, that's kind of embracing the um, holding that silence space for your client to kind of be able to reflect. Um, but my, my question was, how do you celebrate with your client then? So like, how, how, if, what, how do I, if my client's coming in and they're pumped, and like, man, I just did all this awesome stuff that I said I was gonna do. Um, we should do it. Look here, uh, Anthony. Anthony, would you like to coach me? Coach me, come on. Coach you. <laughs> okay, I'll coach you. <laughs> so, Brooke, I heard that you have something that you wanted to tell me that you were. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how you start the session. That's <laughs> so not how you start oh, the so session. Okay. I didn't know that we you were. Can, yeah, you check in. We're checking in. You're doing it. Uh, we're jumping in. Media res. I already got that hard stuff out. <laughs> okay, starting the session. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, our news anchor here, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Hello, Brooke. Um, glad we could make it to our session today. So what would you 
like to work on? Um, well, I first, before we get started, I really would like to tell you about all of the amazing progress I made over the last week. Cool. Let's check in. What, what progress have you made towards um, your goal? I, between last week and this week, I have done all this amazing stuff, and <laughs> I don't have it. Right, like, maybe right we now. could. Brooke, could you restate the goal that you were working on as well, and the process? Actually, I can go real life with this. I can go real life with this, so I can. Okay. So, so I personally have been um, working on uh, doing better with managing stress with regard to uh, family mm. situations that are going on, and setting and holding boundaries, <laughs> and not letting it get to a point that I explode or I break down or and and sort of putting the right tools in place so that that doesn't happen. Um, and so I'm very proud of myself because I did something that that is out of my comfort zone this week. I actually had a moment when I was, I usually would have stuffed things down and instead I chose to share and talk to somebody about it. And I felt tremendously better afterwards. Actually, I was smiling and laughing, whereas before I would have just like stuffed it down and been all like cringy. And, um, and, and, and so it was a really, really awesome thing that happened. And um, I know that was something we had discussed doing and I just wanted to share it with you because it worked amazing. Well, that's good to hear. And do you feel that- Is that, that okay though? Can he say, is that good to hear? Can he say that? Isn't that I'm not, nice? it, I think that's, just on the line of praise, and let me let me continue. That's good to hear. And how do you feel this progress will go on into the future? You can't say that's good to hear. You got to take that part out. So what do you recognize okay. from what you're experiencing with Brooke? What you do is that mirroring. Uh, and kind of match. I, I'm noticing the energy level has shifted. I'm noticing well, your face has changed. Share, yeah. Yeah, so, so, Lisa, so Lisa, I'm really excited, and I just wanted to share, everything was awesome. <laughs> so now you coach me. <laughs> Anthony or? No, you, Lisa. Show, like, no, yeah. no. No, Anthony's out. He's out. <laughs> no, no, no. I've no. noticed some things that you're sharing. How are you feeling right now? Um, I just feel really pumped. I'm very excited. I'm very, very happy. Pumped. I feel the, I feel the change. Excited. You feel the change. Share more about that. So that's interesting. It's okay to mirror and mirror in that because you're just repeating exactly what they say. But um, I've also sat up taller to mm -hmm. kind of meet where you are. The energy. Bigger, more energy kind of going on in my face. While I'm not going to your level of where it is, I'm trying to follow your lead in this process. And um, so then, uh, okay, you said to me, tell me more about that feeling, right? What's your question? That's um, where the celebration is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's so. So, let's just, can we keep going for a minute? Because I, I want to see how you would take this. Because I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> no, I don't know that I'll get it perfect, but we'll do our best. Because well, this no, is no, one no, of the I, things I struggle with too. Even with all of the seasoning that I've been practicing this skill set, this piece is still very difficult for me personally. I one of the things I the the things I had come up with to do this was like you said to do the mirroring, but then to say, um, ask them, okay, so how did that make you feel? Um, how what I mean, like what did you learn from that? How how can you take this feeling with you? How can you hold? I mean, right? Can we anchor them to it a bit too? Um, yeah. Uh, now that's so that's where my I get fuzzy. I was going to ask because sitting in that celebration, as coaches, we say that that the celebrating is important. That's a, a critical part of goal reaching is taking that moment to celebrate. 
what I wanted to see how you handled was how do you maneuver the client from the celebration back into the work too, um, as well. It, it goes there. It goes there in some fashion. What do we need to, I mean, I don't know how we would do it here at the moment, but it will go into how, you know, how do we need to follow up with this? How do we need to, you know, where, where would you like to take, I mean, even open up the contract. So based on your celebration, and what you've expl explained and the experience that you shared with us about the in between this week and last week and how you challenged yourself and you met your challenge this week, how would you like to start today's session? I was completely not paying, I'm zoned out. I was, I was, I was feeling bad because I was like, oh man, I feel like we picked on Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine, I'm used to it. His follow-up question was a good question, and I was going to give up the attaboy. Well, I, was, I was trying to be a bit clever and a bit like I'm acknowledging how you feel. Like, that's good to hear. But, but to the point, it's hard to do. It's I know. It's, it's so casual. And like that's good to hear. It, it is almost inoculated. It is almost neutral. But as soon as you put the qualifier of good in there, it is no longer neutral language. What if I said, I hear you? Yeah. Now. Like, I hear you would be fine, right? I, he still, well, if they're audible. Oh, we have a message. Um, he still, you still want to meet somewhat of the energy of your client. Now, you don't have to totally equate it, but you got to up the amp a little bit when she's excited. You know, sit up tall, get excited with her because you want to be mirroring that. In an essence, and that's the tricky part because as soon as you start that mirroring. You are so ready to just get in that like celebration mode and you can't, you really want to remain real, like the nodding. You don't want to nod too much. You want to, the, um, the other thing that, that to note in this too, we touched on it for a second is so that we're talking about celebrating and, and using that, like um, af it's not affirming, but that it, I guess it is affirming, but that approval language, a language that, that gives praise and approval and, and, put you in a different level than your client where, where you are earning my praise kind of, uh, even if it's inadvertent, even if it is not what you mean, it's just that you're celebrating. That's what happens in this moment. So the, you brought this up. What's the difference between affirmation in that and then also validation in that? Um, th Cause they're both very, we as coaches should validate. And um, that's a big thing is validate doesn't mean agree necessarily. Uh, do you want to, anybody want to I, give a swing at what validation is? <laughs> affirmation, well, prior to answering the validation question, um, affirmation, I think, is we touched on a bit. Uh, it's it's a neutral stance where, again, we, we kind of show an example of it where your reflection of what they are feeling and re uh, replying that back to them, letting them know this is what you're receiving from them is affirmation. It is neutral. You're not really injecting any of your own personal emotion into your response. It is, again, just a mirroring uh, situation where they can, again, and I think this kind of rolls into validation, where they can feel validated yeah. in, their, in their affirmation. I really see it like, because I think affirmation walks the line. I think it, it can go either way with affirmation. Um, and that's why I think actually using a word like validation is more important because 
what affirmation can be a part of validation because when you want somebody wants to be validated they a lot of times just want to be heard and want to know that they aren't mad crazy mm. insane um basically that, that 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 what the way that they are reacting or their experience is one that that is i guess relatable or if not relatable um understandable a lot of times uh mm. but that's why it doesn't you don't have to agree with them but what you can do is say well that's a reasonable any i mean you couldn't say that you couldn't say that either oh i quit so, I quit. so maybe maybe a way to go about <laughs> it the affirmation angle is as a coach, you're affirming that your clients believe that they made success or progress. Not that you think that they've made progress or success, but that the client thinks it's, that yeah. they're working in a direction that is towards their goals. And then you'll explore, you'll break down the steps of how did you get to this point or what steps did you take to make this progress? And then how can we apply this to move forward to a more overarching goal? My first mistake in that, in my, that, well, I, that is, re, I think any, that is, re, it's the I, the I, the moment I'm saying I, in that moment, I should know a red alert, red alert. I'm making this about me. I'm making this about me. Um, uh, and the only time that, that that should be acceptable really is if we, am I understanding this correctly? It's mm -hmm. for clarification, but then otherwise the I should not be in the conversation. It should be, um, what does this mean for you? How, how does this feel for you? Um, how can you take this with you? What have you learned from this? What What is this experience? How is this going to affect you moving forward? Or uh, how has this changed your per, I, perspective of how to move forward or something along those lines? Um, well, here's a question for you guys. What if you got a client who's got that pick me energy and they, they just love... They, like, they want that affirmation. They ask you. They boldface just ask yeah. you. Well, they're like, like why, aren't you, why, why aren't you celebrating with me? Well, even <laughs> that or just like X, Y, Z, like, what do you think? Like, this is awesome, isn't it? Like, they're, oh, they're baiting well, you. Yeah. Not maybe even boldface asking it, but also really baiting you. They want it. But that's really clients asking yeah. you, what do you do when a client asks, turns the tables on you, right? Mm. <laughs> like, um, and starts coaching you. <laughs> how, how is this so awesome to you? Share more about the excitement yeah. that you're... You say, no, Lisa. No, but, yeah, I, I want to know what you think. Yeah, I want to know what you think. I respect you. You're my coach. What do you... <laughs> I absolutely have opinions but mine really don't matter because at the end of the day when you leave here you have to go home with you so you don't yeah. think i did good then i think you did rotten terrible <laughs> man lisa turned fast <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's so funny though this is this is my unique i just this occurred to me just now this is a very unique situation because in most, in the most of the time when we're out in the world, we're it's uh, we're, we tend to have a negative bias, right? Um, mm. But in these spaces, we want to celebrate with our clients, so we it's a kind of a unique space in which we we really have this desire to like get in there and celebrate with them, and um, it's unique in that sense. But it's also unique in the sense that we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like, everywhere else, I think, yeah, go out and spread the positive love, but here in this space. Random question: As far as facial expressions, can we smile with clients, nod, etc., or is that also similar to saying "good job"? Asks Zayamara. 
So your 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 if your client is not smiling, are we going to smile? No. If your client is smiling, we're definitely going to add that smile to it. A lot of the times, I'll have um, students mention that their facial expressions not necessarily meet what's going on underneath. You know, so let your clients know who you are in that process. But as far as that facial expression being smiley, excited with them, yes, because you're mirroring what they're going on and participating with the nod. We got to be careful. That's another one that's difficult to do to do, you know, little quick short nod and then stop. They can tell that your presence is there or checked out like Brooks was a few minutes ago. There's two different kinds of nods though. Like there's the, for me, there's a nod that, that is like the encouraging go on like that. But then there's, there's also the agreeing with you yes. nod. Like, and so should you, is it best just to avoid nods altogether? There's also the nod where it's like, I'm hearing what you're saying. Yeah, no, there is. That's like a, a, the validating nod. I don't. Here's the huge difference. We're human. We are yeah. human and we're going to do human behaviors. We are not a robot. If somebody wanted to robot, there's things that do robotic kind of responses, but our clients want a human experience. So the nod that we do that we're participating with is a different nod than we're going, can you hurry it up? Can you move through this? Or even one that I'm agreeing with. I'm here. I'm listening to you as I listen to you. You know, you can go into the explanation of who you are, like in that beginning uh, opening um, session when you first meet them, you can say, you know, I have a tendency to do this. This is how I am. I'm not agreeing, disagreeing. I'm, I'm nodding in acknowledgement of hearing you. That is an interesting point that you bring up there is that, that, that you as a coach being self-aware of like, okay, these are the things I do in my sessions. This is how they should be interpreted and sort of giving that um, I guess encyclopedia of terms before you begin um, might be a beneficial thing to do. Um, uh, it, it, which it's it's def it's really defining. You can do that in the contract moment early on and say, okay, well, this is what this means. I do this for that reason. Um, is that getting too in the in the soft, getting, like, too much? Well, like, I think you could probably too need much behind the curtain. I think you could probably include it within your session. Um, if you do happen to nod and you catch yourself, uh, mention not yes. If you're not trying to, again, get praise, you're saying, okay, can you continue? Well, if you, if you did shake your head to kind of clarify and define what that nod meant, because it can get lost in translation if you don't explain yourself. Yeah. If also nodding your head is a lot different than doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't ever shake your head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but if you have a client in there that's like, oh, my God, can you believe that, they, that he did that? Can you believe that? And then the natural inclination might be to be like, mm. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, and that's like you have to be so hyper aware, especially since what it's 97 percent of language is through not verbal. <laughs> so that's why it's really important coaches out there that especially as you're going through the learning curve of being a coach, that you take your time. There's no rush into this process. And part of the rush sometimes that mistaken uh, behavior comes out. When you say take your time, you, because I, my, my inclination, when I say, I'm like, don't take your time, get out there and start coaching. Oh, I'm but, not talking about that. Take yeah. your time in the session and, 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 
take a breath and it's okay to have silence. It's okay to not know the next question. It's okay to just sit in it and just be in the moment. Um, and that's probably, it's far better to, to sit and have silence and, and not jump right in than it is to uh, jump right in and interrupt probably most of the time, I would say, as a rule of thumb. Even, even that pause, when you stop talking, even having a pause right there where I don't need to fill in that space because I don't know if you're done or not. We assume when somebody pauses that they're done, but they giving it a thinking. little, pardon? They could be thinking. Giving it a little more time, you'll no, notice in their uh, usually facial expressions that they get into a thoughtful place, then you just give it a little more time. But taking that breath in between um, the last thing that that person has said, your client has said, giving it some space um, and, and see where what develops in that. I think it's I mean, I think it's also important to um, to to lose your thoughts and not know at all, know at all what you're going to say next. I think that's a very critical part. No, it's to know um, it's to know that you will get more comfortable as you build, as a coach, if we think about building rapport with our clients, but we're thinking about making the client comfortable. Also know that you as a coach will get more comfortable with your clients as you guys work together. And this, you, you, you will develop a sort of syncopation or a, a rhythm that, that will if be more natural maybe than it is early on with your clients. Um, uh, at least in my experience, that's what I found. It's it's not just building rapport on their end; it's also building rapport on your end, and and getting comfortable in that space with them as well. And as it progresses, being quiet or silent will will be more comfortable for you too. So I say this because if it's weird or awkward at first, I tend to babble when I'm nervous too, which is like the worst. <laughs> um, uh, um, it, it will calm down and you'll, I mean, it, just, just go with it, get out there, coach, and you'll get more comfortable. It'll be less, less, less of these concerns. Um, this also exemplifies why it's important to have a mentor coach sometime into your coaching career, because the third party can give you the perspective and the insight oh, yeah. to see all the things that you aren't maybe not thinking about in a session while you're having a conversation because you may really be good at the conversational aspect of it, but there's those little tiny details that are just overlooked. And, and it also forces you to like go back and listen and to your sessions again. And just by virtue of going back and listening, which you, I'm, I mean, hate it. I hate hearing myself. Um, but but you learn because you're not in in the moment you're th you're thinking about all these things. But when you're just sitting there and listening, you're actually able to sort of analyze it, and then you get this other expert perspective from a coach that that has more experience and that has experience in the realm of ICF and what they're looking for, and the little nuances that you are your bad habits that you don't even know are habits, right? They're your 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 ums, your oops you know, when you <laughs> like those those things get pointed out to you the likes it's just like when i think when you're starting public speaking in any regard you you realize you have like a fallback that you do all the time if other people like or um or it's yeah. those things and you listen and you go oh god every time <laughs> um but you become aware of it and, it and it becomes easier and easier not to do that um same with public speaking if you you have to train yourself your default from being um or like to just being a pause that's really so it's a similar kind of situation which is cool um one like i said um did you like that yes <laughs> <laughs> so um 
I didn't but it again. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, but that's making the point of what you're saying in that perspective that we don't, while you are recognizing it in this moment, uh, until somebody brings it to your attention, we don't recognize it. Well, and necessarily. I, then it becomes this like blaringly obvious thing yeah. that you can't get away from, which is good because then you correct the behavior. So um, also one of the things that, that we, I, I know, I know, I know what I did. <laughs> We've, we have mentioned prior to coming on here was, was there's something that happens when it's sort of a natural inclination that is in this realm with the regard to praise or, or inserting positivity where maybe where you need to be neutral. And that is um, inadvertently, we as coaches might go, tell me about the wins this week, or tell me about what's got you there. Tell me about what's making you happy or why. And that, what is that doing? That's cornering them into answering a question that may not necessarily have any relevance to them. Maybe nothing good happens to me. I mean, there's a, there's a presupposition that there was a win when you're putting thoughts in my head that I didn't come to the table thinking, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes is appropriate because coaches offer in, not insight, but what's, I'm trying to think of the ICF term. When is it appropriate? It's not appropriate. No, no, I'm, thinking, <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking of the ICF term of opening awareness. Okay. Sometimes you open the awareness to things that are outside of the client's perception. But that doesn't okay. mean I, that you get I to insert your thoughts into their brain. I would be cautious the way I would do it. You would have to prevent, present it from a neutral place and let them fill in those all of the details, right? So if you're trying to get them to see bigger, you know, wider, it's not up to you to paint the wider picture. It's up to you to open it up so they can paint the wider picture. Mm-hmm. So, so we could ask, what is your perspective of your experience? What is some other perspective of your mm-hmm. exactly? What is what is what is another way to there's some other bits and pieces? Think about it. Well, and that's sort of where tools like uh, Cartesian logic and um, uh, SWOT and things of that nature, which are guiding leading to some degree, um, uh, but they come in very handy, right? It's, I mean, Cartesian it's, logic is an isn't it's it's saying good, which it is, it's black and white thinking, I mean, really, but <laughs> so how do we introduce that? So let's just tackle that. So how do we introduce it's that and remain neutral? I, so you could say, I have a tool here that's can open up the way that this is being presented. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to experiment? Well, and prior to that, though, the, the client has to have expressed. An I mean, I probably wouldn't say it exactly like that yeah. either. But a client would have to have expressed an interest in opening up the perspective, right? Like I want to, I want to see more about this certain situation, kind of thing. So it's yeah, not taking things so ambiguously. It's hard to put a literal, literal nail in the wall and hold it to this space. But the idea is to meet the client where they are, whether they're a negative thinker, positive thinker, mm-hmm. wherever they are in this process. We're meeting them in the place that they are, not a place that we think they should be. Are there any times, uh, this is Laura Kramer, when you feel that positive flow or what did it feel like the last time you felt happy? It's only gonna depend if that's where they went in the session. My question too is, is that, that's kind of a coaching the ghost moment, isn't it? A little bit, what did you feel the last time you felt happy? 
I mean, that's taking it. Well, it's going to depend if I, again, it's, it's so out there. It's hard to put it into a situation because I was going to say, so Anthony, you, you can sometimes be a black and white thinker on occasion. Um, so can you think of, a, I mean, would you be willing to do be coached a little bit on something yes. that you can think of that's black and white? Okay. That is black and white. Yeah. Uh, something that you are, have a, you know, solid stance about. That, well, that. more so it's something that I'm trying to work towards as a goal. Not that I just okay. have as a opinion that is rock solid. Oh boy. Something that is black and white that I'd like to be coached on. So while you're thinking, I'm just going to respond to some of the chats that are going on and let me know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura was mentioning um, that, that are, are there any times that we're thinking in that, right? And then she shared a little bit more about a situation. So every situation is definitely going to be different. And knowing your instinct and intuition in that place is going to take precedence over a lot of the different things we're saying here because we're being ambiguous. We don't have an hard, solid example. So the idea that, um, here's an, um, now I'm paying attention. (laughs) It happens to us all. It's okay, Lisa. (laughs) Um, an experience that they're not feeling good about and then say, have you felt, when have you felt less positive? That's taking them out of what they're feeling in the moment and not appropriate. But if they go, well, in this experience, I really want to start thinking differently and I want to have a more positive attitude, then that potentially be a place that you can introduce, well, share with me what positive is for you. And that, Laura, we go down that kind of a path to get there, but not to take them out of what they're feeling on our perspective, unless they've told us, shared with us that that's what they want to do. Okay. Anthony, are you ready? I think I've got something. Okay. This is, this is actually, this is a CLCI first time I've ever been. You've never been coached before. Coached on something that I've, well, I didn't come forward. You asked me if so you told me to be coached. So I'll. We, we did not, really, we were not, we were not being coaches in that, that moment at all. Everyone else at home, ideally your clients will come to you because they want to be coached. Not ideally, yes, no, they should. <laughs> we're going to suspend. We're not forcing people into coaching. Yes, we are. What do you mean? Just kidding. Right. <laughs> I would like to get better at being less critical towards other people and by ex- extension myself. Who's coaching, by the way? You are. Oh, okay. I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who me into this, so you're going to um, okay. uh, So what I'm hearing you say is that you want to to get better at being less critical of others, and by extension of that, also yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, tell me more about that. So I've noticed in the past that I have a tendency to be a bit perfectionist, and I hold myself to high standards and that has inhibited me from trying to move on with projects or show things to people. But in environments with other people, I tend to be critical towards others as well. And sometimes it's not necessary for me to be that critical and it's damaged work relationships and personal relationships. Uh, Okay. So in this, in this session, um, Mm -hmm. We're going, we're, 
we will work on you being less critical with others. But how does that, how, how will that look when we have successfully helped you? People will stop telling me to stop being so critical. <laughs> well, we don't have other people here in the session with us. So um, how, how can we know that we are we are uh, we have been successful in this session with uh, with the absence of others uh, present? I see. <laughs> By the end of the session, see, this is the part about holding silence because I got to think now. I would say by the end of the session, it would look like, or I would recognize and feel that other people don't need to live by the same standards that I hold to myself. And I can be more generous with other people's intentions and the efforts they put forward. Um, and I shouldn't only judge them by the results that they give. I. Oh, I almost did it. I almost I did. did it. I almost did it. I almost did it. I almost did. It. I did not. I held it back, though. I almost said, um, I think that, that I mean, just to be to be completely honest, I almost said um, that that's a good statement. So I think that's a good plan. But then I was going to give it a but yes. because then I that what, what mm -hmm. I want to ask you is what you've shared with me um, mm -hmm. is absolutely the, the, the goal, a goal and, a, and something that you want to accomplish. What I'm asking is what, what is a tangible way that we can achieve that in this session? So you want to get rid of the we's at the moment and just go to the you's. What's what is a tangible, tangible way? way that you can achieve that in this session? <laughs> that, that's, that's, that is like business training 101, the we's. And so it's, again, one of those counterintuitive break, I have to break that habit moments. That's yeah. something I don't know because what I'm talking about is a bit intangible. Um, it feels like it's not a... Because part of the problem of being too critical is that I look at things in sort of objective terms mm -hmm. and X input should result in Y output um, in my mind. And if those results aren't there in myself or others, then I can become critical. But those of you that, in level two, by the way, notice he is audio digital and kinesthetic. <laughs> I haven't gone through that yet today. Don't give up those secrets just yet. <laughs> so, so let's define, can I ask a question? Tell me what purpose the critical serves. Um, it feels rigid and well-defined. And I know what to expect for myself and other people. So... For example, let's just say that I'm working out and my goal is to hit a 300 pound deadlift. If I don't meet that number, then I can become self-critical of myself and by extension, other people who aren't meeting their goals. And if I'm a coach too, it seems like it would be counterintuitive to be so harshly critical of my clients goals if i was a fitness coach let's just say so uh, so my question and i'm going to pull you back into that section because is 
what does the critical, your critical, what purpose does it serve for you? It keeps me on track okay. of the goal. It, it, it keeps me on site and knowing what it is I need to achieve and how I need to achieve it. Because usually it feels like when I don't meet a goal, there was a failure at some point that I wasn't keeping track of the steps or I wasn't being um, detail oriented enough. And so being critical helps me align myself to that goal. And hopefully that sort of negative reinforcement will keep me going because if I don't, then I sort of lose sight of why it's important. And then I end up giving up on a project or something like that. So, Oh, I have a, go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that you said that the negative reinforcement helps me, and I might get this word a little wrong, but what I kind of associate is realigns you mm -hmm. into, into what? Into a straightforward direction into achieving the goal. Because I have, what, it, what I've noticed is that I had tendency to, if I reward myself, for small increments, I sort of get off track or I lose sight of what is important. But if I negatively reinforce myself, it's like if I'm, um, I'm trying to think of a different term than I just thought in my head. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a correction, essentially, the negative reinforcement. It's a correction, a, sometimes gentle, sometimes not so gentle correction onto the right path to my goal. And sometimes it's worked. And sometimes it's what? It's worked before. Worked. Mm -hmm. Interesting, it word, interesting word sometimes, by the way. <laughs> um. it, I should say it's worked when I am disciplined enough to meet my goal. Tell me about when uh, it hasn't worked. Hmm. So if we, if we open that question even more, you've mentioned when it has worked, then there's going to be the opposite of when it hasn't worked. Which one would you like to dive in a little deeper with? So, well, let's yeah. so now my just asking a genuine question the reason i asked that question was because he is uh was in it in i just was hoping to open the perspective so i my my intention was to ask him that question and then ask him then ask him to sort of start to weigh the two options essentially just to but yeah, to bring that too much overthinking we got to keep it simple mm -hmm. and let him decide what direction he wants to go so then let's move in the direction of when it hasn't worked and I think it I think it would also be helpful to quickly compare it to when it has worked and then we can explore why it hasn't worked when it has worked it's usually in things that have clear x to y sort of um, orientation if I do this thing it leads to this thing and that's really good when it comes to personal things that I work on when it comes to other people that's when it doesn't work so well because people when you, Try they're to, wild cards. They're <laughs> wild cards. <laughs> when people say they do something or when you expect something of other people, sometimes you don't get the following results. And that's when the criticalness comes in. And it doesn't, being critical of people, it's a crapshoot. 
it either works to get the desired result or it has the complete opposite of effect. And it gets them mad at me when I wasn't intending for them to take it personal and then they do and it just deteriorates from there. Okay, so I still want to not be a coach right now, but I'm... Uh... <laughs> you have to. I still want to not be a coach right now. Um, um, well, I, but I guess I do have a question too. Uh, but Lisa, did you have a, Lisa, a question? Well, I was giving the floor back to you since I took it away a few moments. So you surfed my, you surfed I my, saw that. Now, this is the opposite of a group coaching session. I'm it being is, like coached people, by multiple people coaching coaches. one person. And so it's, mm. <laughs> this rarely happens. Um, <laughs> we, we, should, we should have a class on this. How to coach with multiple coaches. Um, I, I, I forgot what my question was, but so, the, okay. So if I forgot what my question was, what would I do in that situation? I would, I would recap a bit until I figured out mm -hmm. what my question was. So I, mm -hmm. I would, um, and then I would be the surly client who'd be like, you weren't listening to me. Well, what I've heard you just share with me, uh, is that, uh, and I just want to make sure that I've got this, th this picture painted correctly, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. which aren't his words. I shouldn't have used. Well, maybe he's, no, mm -mm. <laughs> so bad, bad Sam. That was a bad Sam. Um, so, uh, so you, what you're telling me is really you with the, your critical way, your mm -hmm. your A plus B equals C, or if I do X and Y, I will get Z way, works mm -hmm. best when it is solely dependent on you. Where yeah. it, where where it, where it, and this is me using your word here. Fails. Mm -hmm. Uh, is when you are then depending on somebody else, when, when there's another human being in the mix. And yeah. um, what happens when that, that failure happens or, or that, that you, they don't meet your expectation, you are then critical of them, which causes problems between you and that person. Yeah. Is there something you could do that was not critical uh, no wrong well I mean, we're talking about critical okay so what what the, yes is, it, is there what, what question would i would oh, you ask you, make it, I'm really curious. you gotta make it real simple what are you in control of what are you in control of well now is that feeding them though too. So you've you've just given the parameters. You're you've you're sharing with us how x plus y does not equal z. You feel critical with that person, and then you share with them what's going on there. No, but is what are you in control of? Are we aren't we aren't we feeding him in that moment? Isn't that that essentially telling him this is what you should be focusing on? Is there a way to ask that if it's open? He's pointing to the other person at the moment. So we have to bring it, you know, that coasting, uh, coaching the ghost. So he's coaching the ghost in that moment. He's pointing to that other person as he's in this description. And what, what our job as a coach is, is bring it back to him because mm -hmm. we, we don't have control over anything else. So just, when you're thinking about that criticalness, what are you in control of with other people? My, my, I guess my issue with that is that word, like, because we've fed him the word control. So is there, this is like me, oh. like, like, is there a way to say, rather than say, what are you in control of is to say, okay, in this, this situation where you are being, you're critical with somebody else, what is your role 
in it. Like, cause that can, what are you in control of for me? I don't know that, that that's feeding. Um, is there, that's why, is there more neutral, more neutral language we can use in lieu of that? I'm genuinely asking anybody. <laughs> because we are, I mean, that's sort of saying you have to think about this one thing right now, isn't it? Maybe asking, what do you think the difference between these two situations are? Um, can you, can you further um, explain to me what do you think the difference is between these two situations are? Between the one with you on your own mm -hmm. and the one, yeah. Okay. So and then that's the other yourself, thing. Anthony. Coach what? yourself. <laughs> what's, the per what's the perfect question that's, 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 that's going to help open this up? And you can ask that. That is a completely fair question, right? Mm -hmm. So right now in this moment, looking after what you just shared, and I've, 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 I have recap for you, what is the, what would you ask yourself about I that? Ask myself to think further about what is the differences between these two situations. And then, then I could go, and then I can put my own words in my own mouth saying, I have control, or I believe I have con a certain amount of control over myself and my actions, and I'm only solely responsible for myself. But when I'm interacting with other people, and there's a disconnect between I expect X, Y, and Z from this person. I think I lay it out clear as day of what my expectations are or what I want from other people and I don't get the result or I see people acting in a a foolish manner or a um, uh, idiotic manner. Oh, <laughs> but this is, not, okay. I think we're going to have to, because we've only got 10 minutes left and I think this yeah. session could, this is a deep session. This well, is a deep session. <laughs> This also doesn't help because this is stuff I've already thought about, like in depth on my own. And I, well, we've got it. We, I think we have to actually like, like have a full, like we should set aside a time to really keep going with this. <laughs> no, no, Anthony, I'm worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> so pulling it back to what we started talking about, I think we kind of fell into. Um, we did. Anthony. So, okay. Let, let me, let's jump to the end and I'll still pretend that I'm the client. Okay. I found out what I need to do in between now and the next session, and it just hit me right now, in between now and the next session, what I can do when I feel that I'm about to say something as a critical response to someone else's behavior or actions, I need to set aside time, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, to think about what it is I'm going to say and either let it go, or if it's something that needs to be dealt with immediately, like, or dealt with in a work scenario, I'll give it 10 to 20 minutes. I'll ask a colleague what they think about it as well to get a second opinion. And then I'll restructure my response in a more productive manner. How do you think of that, Brooke? Do you think that's a good idea? It's Excellent. terrible. Don't do it. No. <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't thinking about it at all as being a terrible coach. Um, so, the, but one thought I had while you were sharing is something I would have love to have asked maybe earlier mm. on um would be how do you define critical because as he was sharing his version of critical is very different than my version of critical and that's very very that's a very important kind of thing for me to know i would think because now i now in him sharing his solution i great i much better understand what he meant by critical where i did not understand that prior to so i, I being curious i could have stood to be more curious 
Uh, yeah, okay. I, I could go on and on and on, but I think it's time uh, for me to jump so, out of the client Yeah, seat. so what's the difference between validation and approval or praise? <laughs> that validation piece is we're going to acknowledge what he's just said. So he's mentioned how he's going to give himself 10 to 20 minutes uh, when he's going to say something in response to possibly that criticism. What he's going to do, he's going to do a second opinion. As I'm saying that and reflecting that back, how does that sit for you? How are you feeling about that right now? Oh, my back in the client seat? Yeah, because this is the validation piece. Mm -hmm. It's getting it back on the client and having them tell us how they're feeling. That's going to reaffirm that we've been listening, that validation piece. How are they feeling? What's going on in there? So, I think it's very important to note too. So when we say most, I think that this is a common misconception when it comes to validation. Validation is not agreeing. Validation is not saying you did that right. Validation is not saying that's exactly how I would have handled it. It is not saying that, that um, it is not approval. It is not saying that that at all. All validation, what validation is, is allowing that person to be heard in a, and, mm -hmm. and to feel, to share that so that they can then know on their own as our client that, that, that they're comfortable with how they handled that situation. And it, that doesn't come from us. That comes from them. That's internal. That's we, we are training our clients to be internally validated, not externally validated, essentially. Bingo. comes from in here and not out here. So the moment, this is why we don't give praise because the moment we give praise, we are showing them that they need to have external validation when the whole goal of a coach is to teach them to internally validate. Um, and so that, that I think is, it's really the crux of what coaching is in many ways. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm looking for too much external validation about people being mad at me for being critical. Maybe I should say, heck to that. I'll just keep being critical and I won't give a damn what other no. people think. I mean, there's a, or a happy medium or I mean, it's up to you. It's however you want to live your life. What are you in control of? My life. <laughs> so there's relationships in all of that. And the other person then also had what we're talking about when you are building this is you're setting your boundaries and how you want to interact with that other person, whether it be work, whether it, this is a boundary we're talking through, but in the same token, as you're talking about this, it might be a place where we, what is this other person's? So if Brooke was your counterpart in this workplace, mm -hmm. <laughs> What would Brooke in this relationship of a workplace relationship have a response to? So right now, because we're just coaching uh, with Anthony, we're just coaching Anthony. But there might be other circumstances because if he goes to, well, I'm just not going to give a D, mm -hmm. <laughs> then there's okay. going to be applications there. And what could that be if you just went into that relationship and just said, I don't care? Well, and that's and that's asking those questions so that they have the whole picture. But it's also it's not what it's not is is saying yeah, that's a great plan. Do that. <laughs> I, I I've stolen this concept of statue. The statue we're going to look at it at all kinds of different anger, angles, not just 
one angle. So it would be a place that we would open up further if we had more time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, is, we only have a few minutes left. Um, yeah. Again, so there's one of my favorite phrases and it's co-signing BS. And that's not something we want to do as a coach is we, we want, we're supposed to be there to open clients up to bigger, broader mm-hmm. possibility, uh, perspective, et cetera. Or narrow, or more narrow. Or, well, yes, oh, if they're too Or broad. the combination thereof. Yeah, or, yeah, all of it. But if you just are somebody who's just like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, great idea, uh-huh, yeah, where is the growth? <laughs> um, well, that's awesome, have, yeah, well, good job. Four minutes left, four minutes left. In our last four minutes, let's take a moment. And, and those of you, if you who are still with us watching, if you want to share too, what were your takeaways from today's uh, live? Takeaway, validation is seeing and hearing and understanding what the client has said and what their feelings are and asking permission to explore and asking them, can you, can we go into this? Uh, it's not saying, yes, that's awesome. Because either that's good job, because either you're denying yourself the coach, the opportunity to coach by not asking questions or you're just simply providing serotonin to your client. <laughs> Which is know, just, at not, that point, you're just, so drug, you're just a drug dealer at that point. Yeah, so. at that point, you're just a drug dealer. <laughs> well, wait a second. Now, that's going to be a very the, wonderful the thing. title of the blog. Are you a coach or are you a drug dealer? You just blog and find out. That's it. But serotonin is amazing. I love that. Go ahead, Anthony. I mean, um, I forgot who you were on vacation. <laughs> I want to share a personal takeaway, so I'm going to be a little bit selfish here, but hopefully it does explain to you a bit as to why it isn't such a good idea to say good job um, during your sessions, uh, to give praise, to praise your client. I know personally um, I'm human. I'm not everyone, but I am human, and I live in a society where we have kind of yearn for that validation. And I know coming into a coaching session, if I start getting these little crumbs of good job, nice. That's what, yeah, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. Then I'm going to start just inherently looking towards my coach and looking for their validation and not really listening to anything that is going on within, within my own head. I'm looking to please and satisfy that coach from across me. So that way I get the satisfaction of a good job, Yes, I'm going in the right direction when it may not necessarily even be a direction I want to go in. Um, so that is my overall personal takeaway. And hopefully that makes sense ladies, as to why it can be dangerous to say. Ladies, did you hear that? Jerome likes to please and satisfy. I am. Of good job. Yes. Great job there. Then I'm going to be looking in a direction to satisfy you more so than myself. So it's, every time you say satisfy now, it's over. It's over. So. All right, I'm not off, guys. I also wanna take what both of you guys said and sort of build on it too, but take it a sort of different way. We've been we have been, because we are naturally positive people, living in this place where praise is a positive thing for people. Praise may not be a positive thing for your client. It might be something that makes them uncomfortable. It might be something that shuts them down. It might be something that makes them think you're being insincere. Um, there is a lot of baggage that can come with that, doing that. Um, and that that's maybe something we didn't tackle too much. But there have been so many times in my life that somebody has been giving me too many compliments or insincere compliments or felt like it's placating. And and, and I just get like, Gugh. and 
there can be a negative reaction. And honestly, I'm more motivated by criticism than I am praise. <laughs> so, because I want, like, it just keeps me going. What? <laughs> criticism gives you a reason to continue working, at least for me personally. It's it gives like, you I a reason to continue it. working. <laughs> If you tell me good job, then I'm like, okay, well, we're okay, done. Okay, cool. Now. I don't need to do that anymore. I yeah. figured that thing out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa, take away. <laughs> well, I was going to go somewhere with this, and now I'm kind of rethinking how I want to say this. What What I love about coaching sessions is we have a good time. When we're playing around here, it's still coming from a very serious place, but we're having a good time with it. We don't have to be so serious with the process. What we have to be is available to our client and recognize when we do these little um, mistakes that they can be correctable. One of the things that we're talking about is putting in some fluff, good job, at a girl, at a boy. You know, that piece, as we're mentioning, may not be appropriate for that client ever. Um, somebody was mentioning in a class recently that that's what he found out through experience that this person that he was coaching doesn't doesn't fly with compliments or mm -hmm. um, that side of the fence. What this person does and thinks about and can reflect on is that critical conversation. I, however, don't want a bunch of criticism. Mm -hmm. I want I want the truth, but I want it flavored in a way that that person also says that they care. Kindness and candor. It's kindness and kindness candor. candor. I love it. That's Lisa. Lisa is the queen of kindness and candor. <laughs> and I think everything can be said that can be said with a criticism can be said with a kind heart. I think that all of this can be wrapped up to in, in really kind of a simple thing. And it's a, it's a theater term, uh, which is appropriate for Anthony um, and, well, and myself, but know your audience. Like it's, it's, it's uh, meet your client where they are, know your audience. So if, if we are joking and laughing when we're all joking and laughing, but we've also had very serious moments in this. And, and when we're serious, we are all serious with each other. I mean, maybe one of us would make a joke to bring it out of that, but, um, uh, but, but we've had all of these moments and we meet each other where we are at yeah. in this space and do the same with your client. And that's really being that mirror, being that reflection of the, if they have joy, you're, you're in a joyful place. If they're sad, it's not that you're sad, but you can meet them in that energy. Um, a quieter space. Usually. In a quieter space. Yeah. No. So no that's working it. harder than them. No working harder than them. Yeah. Know your audience, but don't act for your audience. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, next week, I think we are doing, uh, it's kind of a little in this vein a bit, but uh, when, when do we use I? How to use I, the word I, as a, as a coach. When is I appropriate? Um, so we're, this is this lessons from uh, Brooke's mentorship is continues. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a, a very educational, even in this space, right? I'm learning. I'm learning in this. And so I appreciate it. Thank you. Those of you watching, check out Certified Life Coach Institute. We certify life coaches in three days, are award-winning. We've been around for 12 years and we have certified over 10,000 coaches and soon we will be digital badging. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's Keep right. Keep an eye out for some emails and some <laughs> Facebook media and read the blogs. 
So thank you guys so much for watching. Share, comment, like, all of that good stuff. And we will see you next week at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF-accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.